it's Warhorse and Warhorse's pal Boner. And we're here to tell you that you're listening to the uh, Rough House podcast with Marty and Kristoff. You know, Marty the Mangler and uh, Kristoff the uh, Jack. Uh, no, I don't want to say that. But I'm glad you're here. Glad you're ready to listen to this shit. Clean out your ears. Shut your mouth. Open your eyes. Because it's time for that good, sweet podcast. Behold, a podcast for the ages, recorded live from the interdimensional terror vortex of their subterranean dwellings comes the Rough House Podcast version 3.0. Two galactic warriors put down their war hammers and battle axes to perform a more noble task, complaining about professional wrestling on internet purchased microphones. Now with more Simpsons references and Kota Ibushi thirst. This is the Rough House Podcast with Marty and Kristoff. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Rough House Podcast, episode number 254, recorded uh, December 5, 2021. Uh, we, we are recording this at 5.30, which means we are just mere moments away from NXT War Games. Which, oh, that's tonight, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, that, that, that is tonight, which I'm sure cool. we'll talk about. Uh, I'm Marty, by the way. Oh yeah, and I'm Christoph, and uh, thank you guys for listening. Appreciate yes. all all six of you who continue to listen to the show <laughs> on a regular basis. It is a it's a great boost to ye old self esteem over here uh, as we hit uh, episode uh, 254, 254. Yeah, uh, one of the uh, local exchanges for the Hamilton area where I grew up. Yeah, yeah. Where, where we you grew up, or uh, yeah, were, I... were you full on Hamilton or were you Parkville side? Uh, I was. Uh... Were you Gardenville? What's what was your Wherever the heck White Avenue counted as, because okay, it was well, like yeah, <laughs> spinning just it was like the opposite side of Blair Road. Road or Harford Road rather Harford, from yeah. where you are. So right, 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 or where you were. So what was your zip code? Oh, God, I don't remember. I was you like, don't remember your childhood zip code? Uh, no, I moved around a bit as a kid because the ah, whole you know split okay. parent to do. So I, I don't. If it remember. was two one two one four, you were Hamilton. I don't believe it was. Okay, All I right. don't believe you may was. have still been Hamilton. I don't. Yeah, think. I mean, I I was a stone's throw away. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah. We we shopped at the same comic book and and uh, All Star cards and cutting edge comics. Yes. So yeah, yeah. We 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 had a a, a shared. We remembered when Hamilton was a thing before yeah. it got gentrified again. In oh my more god! Memory. Yeah. Is crazy. Yeah. It is so bizarre driving down Harford Road these days. God, yes. I'm an old man. Nothing, what the fuck? Nothing better to start a pro wrestling podcast with <laughs> the two guys doing the most inside of baseball references. Uh, you know what? At this point, <laughs> yeah, really. Who, who I are apologize you? to the six of you. Okay, yes. I do. Yeah. Uh, Although probably seven. two or three of the six uh, know specifically the areas we're talking about. Um, that reminds <laughs> yeah. me, my wife told me apparently Hamilton Tavern closed, closed, which I, will I saw that tragic. Uh, I, I hadn't heard and I was going to double down and confirm, but that's a, that's a major bummer because that place was amazing. And it's also yeah. where my wife and I had our first date. So. Oh yeah. I remember yeah. you telling me that I never went, I never had a burger there. I know they were famous oh for their Oh my God. I know. So I good. Know. Well, I had uh, moved out of Hamilton by the time they became a thing with the burgers yeah, and everything. No, I remember... I remember getting my hair cut at the hair cuttery directly adjacent to it down yes, that side yeah. street. And then the shopping the, uh, center where the blockbuster used to be. Yes. yes. And then there was the fast walk who had the best egg foo young yes. uh, and crab rangoon. And then the yeah. pawn shop in between. So yeah. <laughs> the pawn shop, which I believe was an Errol's at one point. 
Yes, I think. Wow, man, yeah. we are fucking yeah. super niche right now. Yeah, how, can, we are, it, how can we be any more niche? Is there a way? I'm trying to. Fuck if I know. St. Dominic's. Yeah, I think that's. I think that's pretty much it. Uh, but. Uh, nevertheless, people, this is a pro wrestling podcast and uh, might as well just dig right into the grumpy part of the show as I hit this button. <sighs> the World Wrestling Federation. For over 50 years, the revolutionary force in sports entertainment. I don't know if I have the top WWE. What are the, what's the big... Uh... What's the big to do aside from takeover? Or it's not even a takeover. It's just no, it's shows, right? it's not a takeover. Uh, there's there's uh, some quick things I just want to hit here. Okay. Yeah. Uh, one raw uh, this week featured not one but two separate angles about people who were fired. Right, right. Um, I know there was a Liv Morgan promo, mm-hmm. her referencing her friends who couldn't be there because of, I guess, Becky Lynch's contract. Was that the one it was against? Yes. Was Sasha? Yeah, okay. yeah. So uh, they're they're building to Becky Lynch defending the Raw Women's Championship against Liv Morgan and Ooh. the storyline. Gee, wonder who's going to win that match. <laughs> I know, right? But the storyline is Liv wants revenge because if it weren't for greedy individuals like Becky and their big money contracts, mm-hmm. her friends, wink, wink, uh, Ruby Riot and Sarah Logan would still be under contract. So f- great news. The w- It's not the WWE's fault that these people got let go. <laughs> of course it not. Is, it's it's it, Becky Lynch's fault. Yeah, it's Becky Lynch's fault. She wants yeah. too much money. She's sure. the problem. Which, yeah. awesome move. Great job. If anyone, that's the argument that should be used against a Charlotte more so than a <laughs> Becky. Well, I guess Becky's character is kind of like a dickhead heel these days, Charlotte's right? Charlotte's busy having pie fights with uh, uh, Tony, Tony Storm, Storm on SmackDown now. So, yeah, whatever. We'll, and we'll, dumping her boyfriend, which we'll get to. Yeah, I'm, we, I'm sure we will. I no better way to get over your ex-girlfriend <laughs> than completely missing a flaming table. Um, anyway, uh, also... Uh, Edge popped up and they set up his new feud with The Miz. Oh, fresh, fresh face. Yeah. Of all Putting over I the mean, new guys. Look, Putting I, over I, the new guys. I recognize you're picking the best of a bad selection in terms of the heels on Raw because the only other heels on Raw are Seth Rollins, who he just finished a feud with, Bobby mm. Lashley, and Kevin Owens. And Owens is probably one foot out the goddamn door. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I get it. But Miz came back from uh, Dancing with the Stars. He has Maurice back with him again, probably okay. so they can do some cross promotion whenever they relaunch the uh, the reality show. Uh, but of really, it should be Maurice to blame for <laughs> and oh, I, not Becky Lynch because yeah. Maurice has taken up a spot where somebody else could have. But uh, uh, I digress. No, no disagreement here. Uh, but of course. Uh, Edge had to make references not only to the competition uh, name-dropping him on the other show, uh, to the MJF moment from last week on Dynamite, uh, but also talk about how, uh, if he cared a little bit more, his buddy would still be on Raw, uh, oh, a reference God. to John Morrison. So I'm sure Taya loved that one. Yeah, uh, no doubt. No <laughs> doubt. Well, look, she was busy filming vignettes for AAA, so... Uh, you know, her brain somewhere else right now. This is probably no cell service down in Tijuana. <laughs> exactly. Uh, I, I just, I don't South under I, the border. <laughs> I just don't understand why they need to address this shit at all. Like they they're shooty to, brother. I, I know. I know that, that that's supposed to make me give a shit that they're, that they're shooting. Um, but no, I don't, I don't care. Uh, no. I, I, I think mm-hmm. it's kind of gross. I, I think it it's also paints the WWE, uh, as a group of idiots, because well. the if I'm to believe again 
if I'm just looking at the kayfabe ex- explanation of things, WWE doesn't know how to properly manage talent salaries. Nope. So therefore, they have to let people go. Mm-hmm. So again, in kayfabe, that's what I'm now supposed to believe. Right. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Not not great. Um, also, no. uh, Seth Rollins uh, was made a kayfabe idiot this week as mm. uh, Kevin Owens uh, told Seth Rollins he had this match with uh, with Big E and, you know, if he were to win it. Uh, he will be added to the uh, to the main event of the pay per view day one, which was set as Big E versus Seth Rollins. Okay. Seth got all pissed off about it. Went to the office of um, of uh, Scrap Daddy, Scrap Daddy Adam Pierce, and was like, "Hey, I can't believe this. You know, I'm I I I, I don't know why he deserves to be added. That sort of thing. Uh, he wasn't going to be added." And they said, "You know what? That's a great idea. If Kevin Owens wins, we should add him to the Triple Threat." Uh, so that's how he got added to okay. the main event for day one or the raw main event for day one. So that's like, that's like the secret. He, he, Kevin Owens willed it into existence. Exactly. Just, okay. just by using Seth Rollins big mouth against him, which I guess is a little clever, but all in all makes everyone look like idiots. Those wily Canucks. <laughs> exactly. Uh, and then over on the SmackDown side of things, uh, we had, Bork laser return. Uh, oh yeah. yeah, Brock's back. Uh, ponytail he, and all. Yeah, yes, ponytail, uh, man bun, and uh, Viking beard, all there. Okay. He spent the first half of the show convincing Sami Zayn that he should take his Universal Title shot that night. Okay. Sami Zayn did choose to take it, so Brock Lesnar beat the crap out of him, and the main event of the evening. Was Roman Reigns defeating Sami Zayn, retaining his championship in 16 seconds. Awesome. Oh Great job, everybody. Wow. Up in the pantheon of great uh, under 20 second matches as Brock Lesnar versus Kofi Kingston mm-hmm. and Daniel Bryan versus Sheamus. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure I'm missing about 20,000 others. But well, yeah. it's good that you don't remember them because they don't help anyone. I, I, yeah. don't, I don't see... The positivity in any of this. That reminds me, uh, another great thing uh, from Raw that I forgot to mention. Fallout from the whole egg scenario last week. Oh, Fallout Boy showed up? Or uh, they playing? No, no, no. Fallout Boy was oh. not there, uh, oh, unfortunately. Pete went with his dick out on, uh, on Raw? No, no. Uh, mm-hmm. it, look, it, it, that, that dick has not seen air since the MySpace days. <laughs> oh, you trying to tell me Pete Wentz still ain't pulling down some crazy, you know, uh, older millennial poon? Because I beg to differ. You know what? He probably is. He's, he, he's, yeah, he's he probably He could go to the record it. right now and just <laughs> throw it back. Uh, Another local reference. Oh, yeah. You should go to CNR. They play They do play some pop punk after, after <laughs> 10 sometimes. Uh, but uh, Austin Theory got to hang out with Vince McMahon all show long. God, Vince was again, again there. He was all over the show this week because Ugh. he uh, Austin Theory's under the learned tree of Vince McMahon. And the big takeaway he was supposed to have was to oh, expect boy. the unexpected. So in the last segment of the night before the main event, Austin Theory's asked by Vince McMahon, what did I learn? Or what did you learn from me? And, and uh, Austin Theory says, oh, you know, I learned to expect the unexpected. So Vince just slaps him across the face and stands <laughs> tall. <laughs> Great way okay. to get your guy over, folks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Have well, you got a make near septuagenarian. Strong. Yeah, slap him across the face. 
Yeah, and uh, you know, with 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 Austin Theory's uh, documented proclivities and Vince McMahon's alleged uh, treatment of his daughter, uh, that's not really a pair that should be together. I don't think. No, no disagreement here. Um, in other news, WWE announced their next in line initiative. Did you hear about this, Chris? Um, I think I read a tweet about this, threw up a little in my mouth, and then kept scrolling on. But please. Yeah. So the idea behind Next in Line is this is supposed to build a pop uh, a pipeline mm-hmm. from college athletics to WWE. Isn't that uh, what NXT is kind of for? It's kind of, but this will be a, a official. So the idea is because of the new NCAA policy where college athletes can monetize their name, image, and likeness. Okay. NIL, hence next in line. Uh-huh. Uh, WWE is setting up a process whereby college athletes can sign in advance to WWE. Do they have to do anything? It's very similar to the pipeline from college to NBA, college to NFL. So they have to commit to to, to go into WWE after yes. they graduate. Yes, or at least or feign interest in doing so. Yeah, okay. But the so part, it's, a, it's a promise ring for, for sports entertainment. Exactly, and you know, they okay. get a little bit of money for it. Uh, okay. The thing that I find most interesting is the more I think about this, indie wrestling will no longer count as a way into the WWE if I'm understanding their their planned pathway. Well, I mean, will that be the only pathway into WWE? It certainly sounds like it because they're showing a lack of interest in signing anyone with indie experience. Man, if if you want a way to create your own, you know, uh, image and likenesses, how you want people to be, yeah. train them how you want them to train, yeah. not have any, uh, you know, skill yeah. <laughs> when they come into train. Wow, this... Uh, this our, our, like our, buddy Sean, our, our buddy Sean Michaels did an interview this week where he said that he foresees NXT is the only pathway into main roster WWE moving forward. Okay. So well, if the only man. path in the NXT is this college pipeline, I don't know what this means for all of the indie school, like in our backyard, we've got MCW, but like mm-hmm. all of the, the major indies, you know, things like the, the monster factory out of New Jersey and, yeah. you know, all of these, uh, uh, privileged wrestling schools all across yeah. the country. I don't know what this looks like now. Is, is this a scenario where WWE will completely forego? Will they only do it in the case of like, you know, uh, uh truly shining stars, but even in that, they're going to want to reprogram them. Like I, I, It's so weird to think that the professional wrestling, quote unquote, pipeline may only be to companies like Ring of Honor, well, former Ring of Honor, uh, MLW, AEW, and Impact. Oh, and I guess New Japan. Well, I mean, this kind of goes hand in hand with what we've been talking about of how the WWE has changed and it may not might not be the final destination or dream job of, in you know, people coming up in the business anymore. So it may just, you know, one hand washes the other and then and, and there we go. 
Yeah, it's just uh, something I find very interesting and very weird. Uh, you know, but I also don't believe in to to stick to anything more than you know. <laughs> Fair point. <laughs> any Fair significant point. amount of time, this will all probably change. You know, in fucking three months. Uh, who knows? Yeah. I can't take anything they say with more than a grain of salt because everything they say is is just. Stupid bullshit, and I hate them. Uh, <clears throat> fair. Uh, and to that same degree, uh, I would also question the validity of a quote in the press release as it came from the apparent walking corpse of Paul Levesque. So, <laughs> Has he been seen in public since this heart scare? No. Huh. He has not. It's curious. Very curious. But there, there I mean... was a quote from him. In the press release for this next in line initiative, talking mm-hmm. about how it's the future pipeline in the WWE, you know, the WWE universe cannot wait to see the, that, you know how it goes, um, which makes me think he probably actually didn't say that at all. Is it going to be like a uh, a college draft sort of thing airing only on Peacock? Oh, God. At one Don't point? give them any ideas. <laughs> I mean, there's no reason for me to watch anything that they do, and they're giving me more reasons to not watch. So, uh, you know, thanks for piling on, guys. I appreciate it. Uh, In other news, like we were talking about, NXT War Games is tonight. Very quickly, I'll talk about the card. None of it sounds really that good, uh, but there's some fun bits (laughs) I did want to mention here. Um, is is it war games if you don't have William Regal yelling war games? Excellent point. Because um, I don't think it is. But we're we're gonna get it anyway. Four on four editions of war games, which makes me wonder: wasn't it five on five previously? Uh, I don't remember. It's I don't even remember because I remember undis no because undisputed era was was it four on four ran okay. ran through war games. Pretty much all of them. Maybe it was the NWA, WCW ones that were five on five. Anyway, uh, we've got a hair versus hair match between Cameron Grimes and Duke Hudson. Who the fuck is Duke Hudson? Uh, Duke Hudson uh, was previously known as what was his stupid name? Uh, Something Vink. Brandon Vink? Something like that. Brandon Vink? Yeah, he was briefly on Raw. Very briefly on Raw. Duke Hudson. Duke Man, Hudson. that's a bad name. Yep. Oh, boy. Uh, it it's worse. no Braun Breaker, but it, it's, yeah, uh, yeah. It's, it's we'll get to him, I'm sure. Yep. Uh, we've got Imperium defending, uh, the Imperium team of Fabian Eichner and Marcel Bartel defending the NXT Tag Team Championships against the team of Kyle O'Reilly and Von Wagner. Okay. V-O-N, Von Wagner, like Von Dutch, Von Wagner? Yes, yes. Not Von, not like Rick Walting Von? No, no, V-O-N, Wagner. Von, is he somebody I have heard Uh, of? He's Mike Enos' kid. Who's Mike Enos? (laughs) Uh, Mike Enos was one half of the Beverly Brothers and then a WCW jobber. (laughs) Okay, sure. Um, All right. We've got when's uh, when's uh, Vince Lombardi or not Vince Lombardi, Dave Lombardi Jr. coming in to <laughs> enhance talent. Uh, my my understanding about uh, it was Steve Lombardi. Steve Lombardi. Uh, there my understanding about Steve Lombardi's proclivities means um, he would not be able to have a child without a surgery. Really? Yes. Yes. In fact, the rumor used to be um, he was very close with Pat Patterson. I did not know that. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Hence, hence so his the job old, as long uh, as he had it. So. The old knuckleball Schwartz was, uh, <laughs> was real there, huh? <laughs> hey! <laughs> hey. Uh, Roddy Strong, somehow still employed. 
uh, <laughs> is defending the NXT Cruisador title against Joe Gacy. Joe Gacy. Joe Gacy was a CZW and Evolve guy. Who oh, decided, yeah, okay. He's now doing the character where he's all about safe spaces and what have you. Okay. Uh, my my guess is Joe Gacy, who is over 205 pounds, uh, wins the Cruisador title and then renames it and then we never see it again. Okay, I mean... Much like probably Roddy Strong from the Diamond Mind. That's the one with uh, Malcolm Bivens, right? Yes. And in Bivens has been cutting some great promos on YouTube. <laughs> of course. Yeah. Gotta, gotta get those clicks, baby. Yes. And then uh, we've got the War Games matches. Uh, War Games! The women's one. Uh, the face team is Raquel Gonzalez, Io Shirai, Cora Jade, and Kaylee Ray. Raquel Gonzalez is a face now? She's a face now because on the other side, it is the heel group of Dakota Kai with Toxic Attraction, which is Mandy Rose, Gigi Dolan, and JC Jane. JC Jane? Yes. Uh, JC Jane. Wasn't there a Bloodhound Gang song written about her? (laughs) No, that was Lacey Lane. That's Chase Lane. Thank you. JC Jane started her name as Avery Taylor and worked Evolve. So Okay. Man, yeah. I know fucking fuck all about NXT these to days. To be fair, no one really knows these people. Uh, and you'll be happy to know they ran two ladder matches on Wednesday to determine who had advantage. In the War uh, Games match... Let me guess, the heel teams won both. No, in the War Games match, the faces have advantage. Huh. Yeah. Okay. And then uh, we've got the War Games men's match, which is Team Black and Gold, Tommaso Ciampa, Johnny Gargano, Pete Dunne, and L.A. Knight uh-huh, going against yeah. Team 2.0, which is Braun Breaker, Carmelo Hayes, Grayson Waller, and Tony D'Angelo. Grayson Waller. Yeah, he's another one of the guys who recently got uh, called up. Fun fact about this, this will be Braun Breaker's 14th match ever. Ever. <laughs> and this will be Tony D'Angelo's fourth ever. Holy shit. He's the, uh, the, the Joey Nips, guy, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Joey Nips. Yeah. His real name is Joe Ariola. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not kidding. <laughs> why? Why? I mean, look, look, my last name is pretty terrible. Um, but I don't think it's warranted a, a name change. If my last name was Ariola, I would change my fucking name. Yeah. Yeah. Joe, Joe Ariola became Tony D'Angelo and Braun Breaker, by the way, 14 matches in has already worked a ladder match. And now he's working a war games match. Tony D'Angelo, four matches in working war games match. So what's the, uh, who's getting injured tonight? There's gotta be at least two people taken out of there. (laughs) See, I'm not sure. I I don't know if people are going to get injured or if these matches are going to be super safe because they've practiced them a billion times in the PC. Oh man. Yeah, I guess that's, that's 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 fair. I mean, I feel like, you know, Champ will probably get a little annoyed with that after a while. <laughs> yeah, no no disagreement here. Uh, but what's <laughs> also me. worth noting is that this uh, there are possibly as many as three final appearances in NXT uh, on this show. Okay. Because, um, Beth Phoenix has announced that this will be her final show doing commentary. I saw that. I saw that. Uh, and then you have Johnny Gargano and Kyle O'Reilly, both of whom signed extensions to work this show. 
Oh, so KO's up too. God damn. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Right. Uh, Gargano, I feel like you told me that weeks ago and it just escaped my mind immediately after you told me. No worries. Uh, <laughs> but uh, Tommaso Ciampa posted a, a, a thank you message to uh, Johnny Gargano on Instagram tonight mm. uh, saying, you know, if this is the last time we're in the ring. I wanted to say thank you. And it was a montage of photos from their time in NXT. So they, how, how many DIY legacy spots are they going to pull out? Oh, all of them. <laughs> yeah. All of them. The problem is Braun Breaker will not be in the right place for any of them. That's, <laughs> that's going to be the issue. Uh, in terms of other random stuff that happened this week, did you want to talk at all about Triple Mania, Chris? Um, I mean, all I saw from Triple Mania was something Matthew from Botchamania posted of a, uh, a spot where some fellow – uh, may or may not have been a mask and maybe one of the clowns. I don't know, uh, was on a stretcher outside of the ring. Uh, but the stretcher was not like up to move. It was down towards the ground. And some guy, uh, looked like a fucking gringo, uh, went up to the top rope and did a moonsault off the top rope, trying to land onto the stretcher and missed by like two car lengths. Uh, it was absolutely hysterical. Uh, like, the man the who missed AAA the things. moonsault was Sam Adonis. I've heard that name. Was he an NWA guy? Uh, he, I, I believe so, but he's the real life brother of Corey Graves. <laughs> yes. So. Oh, that's a hearty chortle that got out. Got, got that going for him. Oh, um, great. It, it, it was a mess. I, I don't know who the other guy doing commentary was, but I know Matt Stryker's one of the com- two commentators. Yeah. They did not no vamp? provide yeah, no Vampiro this time. No farting into a microphone for Damn. Vampiro. Hit my fucking uh, music. Hit my fucking music. They did not like explain any Durst of the storylines. The <laughs> they yeah. did not play, explain any of the storylines to these guys in advance. Mm-hmm. They also apparently were not given sheets explaining who the wrestlers were. Cool. So there were times where they just called moves <laughs> saying he hit the. And that's about <laughs> it. Um, I mean, look, I'm, I'm not going to say I could sit there and do that. But at least our redos, we know a little bit of what's going on. Very, very true. Uh, Willie Mack ended up making a surprise appearance. Oh, nice. I love with Willie Mack. He teamed with Laredo Kid against Dragon Lee and Drillistico. Drillistico? Drillistico, Drillistico is the former Sin Cara who was the Mystico. Former, former Mystico. So he's now called Drillistico. Who won the uh, five-way for the uh, Mega Championship? Oh, oh, I'm getting there. I'm oh, getting okay. There. Don't worry. Uh, FTR and the Lucha Bros didn't have their match. <laughs> FTR played... Super dickish foreign heels. Uh, mm-hmm. They were seconded by Vicky Guerrero, who, while cutting a promo on the AAA crowd, denounced her Mexican heritage. Holy shit. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Wow. She was she was going full Eddie uh, okay. to the point okay. where she was wearing uh, a pair of his Los Gringos Locos pants. Wow. Uh, yeah. So props. What's that? She fit in the boat. Uh, look, they are tights. They stretch. Okay, mm-hmm, that's true. Okay. Um, but I'm sorry, were, were I apologize for our one woman woman listener. <laughs> uh, Cash and Dax actually ended up choking uh, Phoenix with an American flag. In case you're wondering how that that match went, but most importantly, they to won? the surprise of everyone, including the commentators, because it was never promoted in advance. That match was a ladder match. Oh my god. <laughs> The uh, commentators found out during the match. I was like, oh, I guess this is a vegan line. This is a line. Okay. Nope. Okay. Right, yeah. The belts are up there. there I they didn't are. know that. All right. All right. Uh, Kane Velasquez was in a six man tag. Team. Wait, who did FTR retain? Uh, FTR retained. Yes. Okay. All right. Yeah. Um, 
the, uh, Vicky ended up throwing powder in the eyes of Penta, who they did the tie Penta's mask to the uh, mm-hmm. ring rope spot, and mm-hmm. then we're climbing the ladder. Penta unmasked himself mm. to do it. He uh, he covered his eyes uh, or covered his face. Uh, okay, but then Vicky threw powder in the eyes of Penta on said, purpose. On purpose, and then uh, uh, Dax Harwood retrieved the belts. Oh, that's right. Because we, okay, yeah. yeah Vicky, All right. was, Vicky was with FTR. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um. Anyway, uh, Cain Velasquez was on the show. Uh, he teamed with Pagano and Psycho Clown, defeating the team of Ray Escorpion, Taurus, and L.A. Park. Uh, apparently, okay. the best parts were the Cain Velasquez and L.A. Park sequences. Um, and then the main event was a five-way for the vacant AAA Mega Championship. El El Ido del Vikino. Uh-huh. Ended up winning, defeating oh, nice. Bobby okay. Fish, Jay Lethal, Samurai Del Sol, and Bandito. <laughs> well, he was probably uh, going to win anyway. Yeah. Had the uh, match been with Kenny, I'd imagine. Uh, the match was kind of a mess, just a lot of spots, uh, but uh, it, it basically set up all four of those guys as possible future challengers for Vikingo. Vikingo, okay. by the way, not directly but indirectly announced for the Lucha Expo show coming to the 2300 Arena in Philly this June. Oh, cool. Yeah, so that'll be actually his first time working in the U.S. unless he adds some additional spots around it. Hmm. Um, also, NWA ran a show last night because of the fact that uh, that the studio they were filming at had COVID restrictions in front of a whopping ninety fans. Whew. Yes, uh, and MCW uh, pulled out more than that last night. Yeah, they did. <laughs> um, and uh, NWA featured the debuts of Dirty Dango and Matt Cardona. Oh, Dango! Yeah, so Dango. Dango. I need. I need. I need his theme music to be like the old Django theme song. <laughs> Dango. Yeah. Like spaghetti western style. Can we make that happen? I'm, I'm into it. I'm into it. I'm gonna it. tweet to Dango. Let's make it happen. About. But hey, let's talk about some wrestling we both watched <laughs> and enjoyed. AEW this week uh, had a lot of shows because not only did they film Dynamite and Rampage in Atlanta on mm-hmm. Friday, they did a whole bunch of taping for AEW Dark. I'm not going to give away anything that happened on AEW Dark, but there are three talents of note that were on the shows. Okay. Uh, Brandy Rhodes returned to in-ring action, unfortunately, mm. Mm. Um, getting two wins over the course of the taping. So, wow. uh, so either that's just for Rhodes to the top season two. Got right. renewal this week. Yeah. Or Brandy's going for a women's title shot soon. Please, God, let it be the former. Marina Shafir made her AEW debut. No shit. Yeah. So Mrs. Roddy Strong now. Yeah. Yeah. One of the four horse women. Yes. Of the MMA women. And also Ring of Honor peer champion Josh Woods got a look at the AEW okay. dark taping. So. All right. Some possible uh, future acquisitions for AEW. Uh, and uh, Anthony Agogo, he actually returned in Atlanta for Dark Elevation, but he's part of the dark taping as well. So we'll be seeing. Uh, the Brit Boxer real, real soon back in AEW. Um, I had been wondering what it, what was up with him. He had uh, <laughs> eye surgery. Oh. Yeah, he's had an uh, issue with his eyes since some sort of problem in boxing. Uh, probably just getting punched in the eye is what did it in the first Could place. probably have something uh, to do with it, yeah. <laughs> but, yeah. Um, I'm not a doctor, but. Oh, also this week, Big Swole was uh, officially cut from AEW. 
she and AEW decided to mutually part ways. Uh, her contract was up. And um, she hasn't been able to perform too much during the pandemic because of, uh, I believe she has Crohn's. I think um, that's right. Yeah. So uh, they decided, hey, let's uh, part ways and best of luck. So well, there we go. She had a lot of talent. Uh, I hope, yeah. uh, you know, she's able to get her health stuff taken care of so that uh, she can pop up somewhere. Because, you know, when she was in there, I, I thought she, uh, you know, did a lot fucking better than Red Velvet can do. Yes, indeed. Now, I got to say, Chris, I don't know how you felt. Dynamite, to me, felt like kind of a weird show. Um, The in-ring, I thought, was very good. But in terms of the storytelling, it was kind of all over the place. And I think it probably had to do with the seemingly last-minute switch of JR being pulled out of the commentary booth. And instead, they're just throwing random wrestlers into the booth. I don't think it was last-minute because I he, he by the time I watched dynamite from the week prior the way he signed off of <clears throat> two dynamites ago mm-hmm. it, it sounded like you know in he retrospect it makes gone. sense he knew okay. that he was going to be gone so i don't know if it was you know i i, I don't want to say it was like a, an 11th hour rewrite sort of situation like yeah. vince likes to do or anything like that yeah. um but the disjointedness of the common Dating, uh, I think helped add to that feel. And there's a whole segment that makes no fucking sense, but I'll, I'll get there when we get yeah. there. Uh, the show kicked off strong. Uh, Hangman Page joined the commentary booth for the opener, which was Brian Danielson, the American Dragon, going against the Dark Order's Allen Five Angels. Mm-hmm. This match fucking ruled. Allen Five Angels is a lot better than I think anyone gives him credit for. Uh, I, I thought this was awesome even though really turned into eventually danielson just murdering him yeah yeah and i I liked the match i like uh angels i just i hate the phrasing of alan five angels yeah that just sounds super fucking stupid call him five of the five of the dark order or call him alan angels one or both just not alan five angels just sounds fucking stupid and out of context what the fuck does that mean yeah you know it doesn't fair. doesn't make a, a shit ton of sense uh Certainly. that's that's my gripe on that but yeah that, he had uh he had like a, a, a sequence of moves including that moonsault to the outside that he fucking mm-hmm. nailed again uh it was it was really good and then brian you know brian go to brian and be yeah. uh be this dickhead awesome character that he's been and you know kicked his face in as he uh, proclaimed he would Yes, indeed. Post-match, Tony Schiavone interviewed Danielson in ring. Uh, said uh, Danielson said that he didn't think that Allen Five Angels was the best Atlanta's got because he kicked his head in and probably snapped his MCL. Made a joke about how uh, he didn't think Atlanta was smart enough to get that. Uh, he said last week he took out Colt Cabana's tooth. Next week he'll stomp in a- another Dark Order member's head. And then in two weeks... He will take the AEW World Championship at the home of the Cowboys because that has been signed as the main event for Winter's Coming in Texas. Mm-hmm. Hangman mm-hmm. Adam Page, or as it read, Wangman versus Brian Danielson. Did it say Wangman? Uh, the font made it look like a W. Oh, okay. <laughs> I was like, I missed that. That's hysterical. So Page got all fired up. He was going to run down the ring, but John Silver cut him off saying that, you know, you're not allowed to to touch him this was explained on twitter before the show probably should have been explained during the show uh i think they briefly mentioned something about it but they didn't go into detail explaining the repercussions or whatever about it uh but uh john silver stops page says hey you can't touch brian 
but I can touch Brian. Right. And of course, they're going to go against each other next week at the UBS Arena in uh, in Long Island. Uh, Danielson ran out saying that John Silver is beneath him, and uh, Danielson got in Paige's face and said, "I'd slap you, uh, slap you right now, but the fans don't deserve to see it." So. <laughs> Great heel work. Excellent stuff. Then we had a Miro video promo. I guess he's in the Matrix waiting to meet the architect. I, I don't know what's going on here. I thought he was hanging out in the uh, the John Oliver void. Uh, <laughs> I, was, I, was, I was hoping um, it's John, John Benjamin. Benjamin would pop up. and That would make some... for some great corporate synergy right there. It, it, re- it really, really would. Plus, to have... H. John Benjamin's voids interact with uh, with Miro. I feel like is is some comedy gold waiting to happen. All right, we're we're like a few degrees removed from AEW, but seriously, if someone can get in someone's ears and God. make H. John Benjamin all elite, that we've be- got ideas. We've got ideas. Bob yeah. Belcher is all elite. <laughs> Let's do it. Sterling Archer. All right. Is all elite. Let's do it. The canopies from Wet Hot American Summer is all, all elite. elite. Yeah. Let's fucking go. Let's do all of it. <laughs> <laughs> then MJF was out for commentary for the next match, which was CM Punk against Lee Moriarty. Credit where credit is due. Punk gave Lee a lot, but the Atlanta crowd had no fucking idea who Lee Moriarty was. No, they didn't. Um, and I, I texted you. I remember texting you about this. I feel and I don't know if this was part of the story that they're telling leading up to the match with eventual match with MJF and what MJF was saying on commentary. Mm-hmm. But Punk looked like he had, he was like a step or two slower than he had been in weeks prior. Mm. Uh, I don't know if that was just, you know, the, the, the schedule catching up to him or if it was, you know, him doing it on purpose to tell the story, but it was kind of noticeable in that match. Well, the crowd did eventually get into the match. Lee Moriarty ended up looking really good, even in uh, the loss, uh, because he hit a Pepsi twist on punk, which I totally bit into. Yeah. Uh, Punk hits the GTS, gets the win. MJF grabs the mic afterwards, said he was proud of punk. So the only thing that Punk is good at these days is getting into Britt Baker's pants, which I thought was kind of a fucked up line. Uh, uh, yeah, yeah, not really. not really great. Kind of remind me a little too much of the uh, Brett Sean Sunny Days comment. Um, yeah, well, yeah. Uh, not, Although I wouldn't, you know, that was true though. Right? Uh, true, true. Yeah, this is not as far as we <laughs> so know. This is no, not true. yeah, yeah, yeah. I yeah. Mean, um, no, that's. But, I don't know if that's a seed being planted for a coal punk down the line, maybe or what. But yeah, it's. Uh, this has been much. Uh, but Punk uh, grabbed Mike, made fun of MJF, said he was wearing Larry David's pajamas, making fun of <laughs> MJF's amazing Hanukkah suit. It was fantastic, but uh, uh, you know, a solid line. Said that QT Marshall and Lee Moriarty are better than MJF, and he knows it. But I'm yeah. Up. Uh, and MJF uh, was told to come to the ring and bring his needle dick with him, which of course led to a needle dick chant. Yeah. Uh, MJF said that Punk needs more than he needs Punk, giving Punk a spark he hasn't had since 2011. And MJF is going to win the Dynamite Dozen Battle Royal in Long Island, where he will be better than Bret Hart in Canada and Punk in Chicago. Mm-hmm. Then he started to make fun of CM Punk's dog, Larry. Uh oh, it's the final straw there. Yeah. If uh, Punk's dog was brought backstage again, he'd put him to sleep. <laughs> which fired up punk punk comes down gets in the face of mjf but wardlow steps in between yeah i feel like we're getting punk wardlow as the last two in the dynamite diamond battle royal next week has punk been announced for that battle royal no one has officially been announced for it okay. besides mjf saying he's gonna three peat 
Right. Well, and and all, all of Team. Oh Taz yeah, all of Team Taz says they're going to be in it, but like <laughs> the numbers, there hasn't the been like lie. a big graphic of like here's all the guys. Yeah, 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 yeah. And I so. found it interesting that they didn't announce any matches. I know we're jumping ahead here, but they didn't ma- announce any matches for Rampage next week. Yeah. All they said was we'll announce uh, matches for Rampage on Dynamite. So that's. Yeah. Definitely going to be some fallout from Wednesday's show there. Indeed. Uh, so then we had uh, Britt Baker backstage with Tony, uh, along with uh, Rebel and Jamie Hayter. Mm-hmm. Baker complaining about her loss at, on Rampage, saying that uh, you know she shouldn't have to face Riho for the title. And uh, turns out Jamie Hayter will ha- get a chance to soften up Riho as it's going to be Hayter versus Riho next week in Long Island. That match should fucking slap. And is Riho Brit signed for Winter is Coming, or are we just assuming uh, that's We're assuming that. It, the okay. only thing officially announced for Winter is Coming is the main. Is the main. So Okay. Yeah. So here's where things that didn't make sense to me. Okay. Adam Cole comes out for commentary. Now, in coming out for commentary, he does his entire entrance. Of course he does. He's Adam Cole, baby. He goes to the booth. Uh-huh. But here comes Orange Cassidy. Right. So Cole gets all pissed off. He gets in the face of OC. The Young Bucks come out, hit double super kicks on OC after some faked super kicks. Then here comes Chuck Taylor and Wheeler Yuta with chairs to chase, chase off the super click. Clearly, we're going to get super click versus best friends, which I'm all about. Mm-hmm. Totally fine with that. But the match that was coming up next was Wardlow versus AC Adams. Why the fuck would Adam Cole be on commentary for that? Um... It's a great question. <laughs> I, don't, I don't have an answer for you. Anyway, Wardlow squashed this guy who we'd never heard of with four power bombs. Yeah, he straight up legit murder. Murder so death then, kill. Uh, we had uh, Taz join commentary for not only this next match, but uh, pretty much the rest of the show. Um, Thankfully. Yes. Dream team. Yeah. Uh, so Taz was out there, as was Hobbs and Hook. That's Hook right there. Um, and with the bag was, of chips. Yes, and it was the Battle of the Undefeated Teams, Darby, Allen, and Sting against the gun club of Billy Gunn and Colton Gunn with Austin Gunn on the outside. I want to hate this match, but I had a really great time with it, Chris. No, I I, I did too. I mean, look, I, there's no way I want to see Billy Gunn on my TV in 2021 going on 2022 here. Especially with his freakish bodybuilder look that he has going on. It is days. very off-putting. Um, but – and his doofus sons. However, Darby throwing his body around with zero regard for his own well-being. Yeah. Sting coming in to massive pops – Hitting his five move, moves of doom with in front sunlight. of an Atlanta crowd. Which, in front of an Atlanta, yeah. Cr- yeah, an Atlanta crowd. They tightened up their face paints to to be you know similar to each other. It was that that was that's pro wrestling right there, man. That that was that was some good shit. It was a fun match. I, I enjoyed yeah. it as well. It was super fun. Uh, how do you feel about the Gun Club's current entrance music? It's not great. It think. sounds to me like it should be the music of a weird Sega Genesis Sonic-esque ripoff <laughs> platformer game. Like, right. 
I, I should be hopping and bopping around to this yeah, on like, a 60-bit system. Was it Was it Bubsy? Was that the name of the game? <laughs> yes, yes. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. 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 But I just played out Bubsy. on Bubsy. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> it was like a flying squirrel or something, right? Or something like that? Uh, that, w- that was a different game. That was a di- different game. Was it? I forget okay. what... Because uh, Bubsy was like a bobcat or something. Was it a bobcat? But, uh, okay, there was okay. also Arrow the Acrobat. I remember that. I remember uh, that Rocket Knight Adventures, where it was like a fucking weasel in a... Yes. ...night outfit. Yep, yep, remember that. that. actually kind of ruled, though. Did it? I remember enjoying Bubsy. I, I haven't played but Bubsy in years. Maybe I'm you just, you know, this was fucking 30 years ago. <laughs> Who the hell knows? Uh, but yeah, uh, Sting and Darby win, uh, as, as well they should, after some failed interference from uh, Colton and Austin. Um, then we had Chris Jericho being interviewed backstage. He said he didn't come to Eddie Kingston's aid last week, but he was there to take out 2.0. So 2.0 and Daniel Garcia attack Jericho, throw him into one of those uh, roll down doors, which seemed to yeah. be the most dangerous place in AEW. Sure, yeah. Uh, so the NXT parking lot of the AEW arena. And uh, we were told that Jericho's receiving medical attention and probably wasn't going to be on Rampage, which made me realize oh, that explains why Fozzie's in the UK. Yes. <laughs> yep. Yep. Doing a little uh, UK tour over there. Um, but again, a lapse in logic because why would Jericho be out there without any backup? Yeah. You know, none whatsoever. But whatever. Um, you have to get the story across. So Taz was talking about the Dynamite Dozen Battle Royals. So 25% of it was Team Taz members. Here comes <laughs> Leo Rush. Yeah. To interrupt. Uh, and. You know, uh, it was basically just him and Taz having a kind of awkward back and forth. It was a little so awkward, that yeah. Dante and Ricky Starks could get into Leo Rush's face and protect Taz. I, I wonder if this was a kind of production sort of thing because I don't know. I don't know how they do it in AEW because I remember in WWE when it was like an in-ring promo, they would slide a monitor into the ring, yeah, so yeah. the person could hear what was happening for cues or whatever. Um, and I don't know what, you know, what somebody on the stage with a microphone is able to hear. So I feel like it might have been that. Yeah. Um, because they're both great talkers, uh, on their own. And it, right. it, it did seem a little silted and, and, and off, but that, that was my hypothesis of that. I mean, it might also have been just an oil and water scenario. You know, Maybe, sometimes yeah. there are, I mean, whether it's guys wrestling or, musicians you like or whatever where it's like oh they should be great together and it just doesn't work it doesn't work yeah Yeah. basically what chris jericho and cm punk's entire match history against each other has been (laughs) true true all i remember is uh punk dousing i'm sorry jericho dousing punk in jack daniels oh yeah the promos were great the matches dog shit like never lived up to what you wanted them to be yeah uh, Jade Cargill and Mark Sterling were backstage. You're not going to believe this. Jade is that bitch. But what? More importantly, uh, Cargill is going to be facing Thunder Rosa's student, Janai Kai, DC's uh-huh. own Janai Kai. And Rosa interrupted saying she would be on commentary for that match and then proceeded to yell a bunch of things in Spanish I didn't understand, but presumed were dirty it. words. I loved it, though. I, lo- yeah. I love it when somebody, you know, just starts just ranting in their own language. It's it's I, I don't care what they're saying. It just sounds great. I love yes. it. Then uh, we had a semifinal match or quarterfinal match, rather, in the TBS championship tournament. Ruby Soho and Chris Statlander. If it weren't for the main event, this would have been match of the night for me. This was a slow burn, but turned out to be pretty fucking good in the end. 
Yeah, I loved it. It was like 90% arm drags for the first eight, five minutes of the match. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I thought it was really good. A little back and forth. Yeah. And, and you could see, you know, I think Statlander's awesome. I, I think mm-hmm. she's phenomenal. Yes. But you could see the elements of the game that Ruby has that Chris doesn't yet, you know, in, in terms of the body language and the facial language and everything. Like, yeah, she did the WWE, no way, face. Yeah, yeah. On a near fall, which yeah. was a little much. But, like... That's that's the type of thing that I think Chris needs to be fully well-rounded mm-hmm. and to see Ruby get to have just, you know, an ex- absolute banger of a match was a nice touch, too. Well, certain parts of Chris Statlander are very well-rounded, yes. uh, of which I'm very thankful for. Yes. Um, and, and then I think I texted you this as I watched it Saturday morning. Uh, her shoulders were totally up on that pin. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so I don't know if that was just, you know, her squirming too much uh, or if that's going to play into something later on. Because yeah. they do like to do that, see Riho in the Battle Royal. Uh, again, I don't know if that was planned to be a slow burn type thing or if yeah. somebody pointed it out and was like, oh, Tony's Tony's the – the OCD type, like, no, I can't have that dangle. I have to I have to play that out. Right. So it is one of the two, but I, it was noticeable for me. But, you know, it, it may have just been a, a fluke. Yeah. Uh, post-match, uh, Statlander's walking in the back. She gets confronted by Vicky Guerrero, which was the appropriate distraction for Nyla Rose to come out from the crowd and attack mm-hmm. Ruby Soho. Statlander makes a late save after the damage is done, next round is Ruby Soho against Nyla Rose, which should be pretty good. Yeah, I'm actually really looking forward to that. Nyla can fucking go, especially with a smaller opponent. Yes, yes. That is basically her wheelhouse of, yeah. of being, you know, the dominant beast. And Ruby, again, talking about, like, her body language and selling and facial expressions, like, that's a, a great combination there. Yeah. Then the main event was an Atlanta street fight. Cody Rhodes against Andrade El Idolo. Andrade comes out and he's got a goddamn knife. A knife, yeah, full-on murder weapon. I was like, yes. okay, buddy, you yeah. do you, which we didn't see the knife again the entire match. Yes. Uh, but, okay, come out with murderous uh, intent. You got to sh- you got to show what you're, what you're in for here. Then Cody comes out full uh, Homelander special boy. style. Yeah, very special boy, has his full big entrance. Adrade attacks him immediately. In the background, you see Arn and Jose fighting, <laughs> and Arn proceeds to fall clean off the stage onto his back like a fucking turtle hysterically so absolutely like, hysterically so i, I mean, didn't know if it was, i mean you had the benefit of you watched it after the fact right yeah at yeah, the yeah. time i was like did i just watch art anderson die yeah <laughs> luckily it was like a raised platform right there he didn't fall yeah. flat to the ground yeah uh i don't know if he was just unaware of the this geography is, this, is this is the, the second time oh, the yeah, second time Arn's off the fallen off things yeah. in, in a cody match uh, i mean he's fucking 60 some years old yeah yeah for christ's sake but I then mean, you had the kind of the hilarious bit while uh andrade and cody are brawling uh you see jose like help him up help him up <laughs> yeah, just, and just, and like kind of throw punches right right yeah. <laughs> like trying to keep some degree of kfm uh-huh. um Andrade and Cody go go brawling in the crowd. Yep. Uh, the coat comes off. Trash can. Trash can goes across the back of Cody. And at this point, <laughs> look, it's it's a very good brawl, but I can't pay attention to the match Mm-mm. because something is going on on Cody Rhodes's back. Yeah, it looked a fucking gross. Yes. Uh, B. It looked like it was peeling. Yes. 
And I think it was I think it was Tony opined in the uh, Facebook post we made about this that uh, it was either some kind of a gel to help uh, burning or to prevent serious yeah. burning. Yeah. Um, so if it was to to help burning that had already occurred, yeah. If you're going to rehearse a reverse suplex through a table that's going to be set on fire, yeah. Why would you set the fucking table on fire on a rehearsal? Yeah, uh, according to Sean Ross Sapp of Fightful, they ran multiple tests. Why does the table have to be on fire for that? Couldn't tell you. Couldn't tell you. But Cody, you know, he's uh, he's got a few yuck-em-ups in uh, his match. He goes under the ring, grabs a kendo stick, throws it away, goes under the ring, grabs a sledgehammer, throws uh-huh. that away. Then he pulls out a golden shovel. When he does so, out comes Jose, now shirtless for some reason. And hella jacked. Yeah, looking more jacked than nine-tenths of the AEW roster. Yeah, he's lean. Uh, He's got a taser, gets smacked by the shovel. Uh, Andrade splashes Cody over the corner of the floor, does double knees through a chair. Which looked like murder Cody. That looked absolutely brutal. Andrade produces a table, puts in the ring. Cody hits the uh, right down hand. Uh, gets Andrade gets hit tossed through a table. They pull a second table into the ring. Uh-huh. Cody gets perched on top of it. Cody rolls off, meets Andrade up top. Brandy runs in from the crowd, masked like she's fucking Kenta when the forbidden door was kicked down. <laughs> right. And she sets the table on fire with a lot of fucking lighter fluid. A Two lot of lighter fluid. Of lighter fluid. Cody hits this reversed, uh, reverse superplex, lands entirely on the fire himself. 100%. Andrade didn't get singed. Andrade basically moonsaulted away from the table. That's, yeah. that's what the, the bump was. Yeah. They both hit the mat. Uh, some of the laminate flies off and uh-huh. lands on Andrade's stomach during the pin. <laughs> and we get a three count. Look, the match fucking ruled, but that finish is one of the most ridiculous and possibly unsafe things I've ever seen in professional wrestling. Yeah, I mean, uh, look, there's been some notable flaming table spots in the past. I mean, yeah. the Mick Foley edge spear through the table on the outside yeah. is probably a number one in my book. Um, but yeah, this just, I, I, I it was a bit stupid it was just stupid yeah uh, <laughs> I, I look the, i i thought the match was was spectacular I had fun with it yeah there was a uh, lot of fun uh plunder spots in there yeah uh and andrade's definitely working at a better clip than he was when he first came in yeah um i, I i'm surprised by the chemistry the two of them have uh but yeah uh cody apparently wanted to outdo the uh cage match moonsault they did the last time they were in atlanta so that's why this happened so and next time they're in atlanta cody's going to do a moonsault off the cage into a flaming table no no next time arn will shoot him but in, <laughs> in a safe spot like you know his thigh or something right get the, the meat instead yeah, yeah, yeah. of yeah. something yeah. worrisome Anyway, taped right after and uh, subsequently aired on Friday was... AEW Rampage, and it kicked off in a pretty decent match. 
Ah, I see what you did there. For the TNT Championship, as it was Sammy Guevara defending against the... Uh, premier athlete. Yeah, premier athlete, newly all elite, mm-hmm. Tony Nese, pretty decent himself. Uh, I thought this was actually a fun match. Yeah. But man, Tony Nese is one of those guys who has... Hmm. What's the turn of phrase I want to use? He's got all the stake and none of the sizzle. Like there's no character there. Yeah, yeah. It's it's the way uh I, I think you've told me you felt this way about Chris Daniels. Yeah. Where like all his stuff looks good, but you don't give a shit. Yeah, yeah. 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 Pretty yeah. much. That that that's pretty much it. like he did some very, very impressive things. Yeah. And you great four fifty. And his form and everything is excellent, but yeah. Eh, like, yeah, I just don't give a shit. Yeah. Like, I knew he wasn't beating Sammy Guevara on yeah. Rampage for the title. Yeah. So, you know, I'm sure, you know, I, I, it wasn't as good as a lethal match. No, no, it was not. But I, I thought it was a very good match overall, um, even if the, you know, the finish was never in doubt and one of the opponents was basically a creator wrestler. Like, that's, that's where yeah. I'm at. Yeah. Plus, you know, it's one of those things that ever since... My buddy Rusty pointed out that uh, your ribs aren't around your stomach. Anytime I see somebody's stomach taped up, yeah, yeah, yeah. claiming they have rib issues, I can't. I can't think of anything but that. Yes, so no, that's, sorry for sorry if I ruined that for you guys. But if it's ruined for me, it's ruined true. for everybody. That that, that that is quite quite true. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I guess Tony Nice goes Son on the Bobby balls. Fish pile of guys who are just there <laughs> to make other people look good. Right. Yeah. I mean, you know, I I, I don't hate Tony Nice having a job, but again. No. If they're going to want me to give a shit about him, they're going to either have to have him have some kind of character or pair him up with somebody. I'm just saying if Tony Nese is getting paid a crisp 51K, he's making more than he probably was in WWE and is probably very happy with that. Yeah, I mean, I were the 205 contracts lumped in with NXT contracts or were they I have own no idea. sort of thing? I have no idea. I, really I can't imagine either, they were getting but... paid all that much. And they have to pay for their uh, pay for their own travel and right. accommodations and everything. Versus AEW, who books all of that. So. Yeah, yeah. No, I mean, I'm you know, good for him for having a job. Yeah. Uh, Christian Cage cutting a promo for Jungle Boy and Luchasaurus, saying that they're scouting the tag champions. Really, Christian could have just been said, "And when you screw up, I'm going yeah. to hit you both with chairs." Yeah. <laughs> yep. Jade Cargill versus the kick demon Janai Kai went all of 31 seconds and Janai yep. threw not a single kick. Nope. Um, post-match, uh, Thunder Rosa runs in. We had a real fucking ugly kick from uh, mm-hmm. Jade Cargill and uh, Thunder Rosa gets to have the carry job of her life. I mean, I think she can do it. Yeah. I think the match will be better than watchable i think it might be oh, might sure. be good sure. you know but it, it, it's um, looking more and more it's gonna be ruby riot and thunder rosa in the finals you think she's gonna beat jade i think she's gonna beat jade i'm starting to think that's unless they want ruby to win quickly like i'm not seeing any confidence in jade cargill being able to do a full match okay all right that's my thought Fair. I mean, I'm looking at the possibilities running them through in my head here. I mean, the best match on paper is definitely Ruby versus Thunder Rosa. Yeah. I thought from the start, this would be Jade's thing to, to lose. But now that you mentioned, now that you mentioned it, you know, 
Yeah, then the fact that this was a squash. Well, this wasn't part of the tournament, but you know, it's not leading to a lot of yeah, yeah. There's a lack of confidence there, I think, both in her and herself, and maybe in Tony and her. Yeah. That, that all that all kind of tracks. I mean, don't get me wrong. Get me wrong. She looks incredible. Like her look is sure. out of this world, and she's yeah. showing potential. But she she's ain't also ready. that bitch. Apparently, yeah. That's why I hear. Allegedly, yeah. Um. Anyway, Adam Cole and the Young Bucks were backstage cutting a promo on Orange Cassidy and the Best Friends. Uh, Young Bucks saying they will face two members of the best friends on Wednesday, which the match got revealed later on in the evening. Um, Kingston cut a backstage promo about getting his hands on 2.0. Uh, there's a preview of Brian Danielson versus John Silver. Best mm-hmm. part of that was this great line from John Silver or great line about John Silver from Brian Danielson. You become the five people you spend the most time with. Does John Silver spend his time with elite people? Yeah, that, well, that, that, that was that was a great line. Uh, and then we had uh, the main event promo. Uh, Mark Henry asking Pac how he can wrestle with one eye. And it just basically turned into FTR, Penta, and Pac all yelling at each other. And, yeah, I was into that. And Henry had to throw out with the line that's getting more and more crowd reaction every week. Yeah. It's time for the main event. Dude, and, in his one job, is getting it over. So good on you, Mark. Yes. Uh, and <sighs> we had FTR... Uh, in a non-title match going against Penta L, Zero Meadow, and Pac. It was going to be a two out of three falls match uh, for the AEW tag team titles, but got changed because uh, Ray Phoenix was having travel issues. Um, ah, okay. Yeah, so Pac working with an eye patch on now, uh, including having a really clever spot where uh, mm-hmm. he slipped and fell yeah. and then sold the eye, um, yep. which I, I, I thought was really, really good. This match... Was great. Uh, FTR yeah. are firing on on all cylinders. Pac, as we talk about time and time again, one of the most underrated wrestlers on the planet. So crisp. And uh, Penta, I know Penta's your boy, but Penta, for me at least, is a guy who he exceeds in situations where you have to do well. Like he he's the yeah. type of guy who. If he can just, you know, keep doing zero meadow taunts and ultimately hit some super kicks and a uh, uh, a pile driver for the finish, that's what he'll do. But if he's in there with guys who raise his game, he will be out of this world. And this was one of those yeah. scenarios. Yeah, he had an amazing hot tag. Yes. Where he just ran through fucking both guys multiple times. It was it was really good. I had a lot of fun with this match, uh, shockingly. Uh <laughs> So yeah, this uh if you have not watched this uh match from Rampage, uh definitely go out of your way for that. Yeah. Uh finish was Pac was about to hit Dax Harwood, who was on the apron. Malachi Black runs out of nowhere, spits mist in Pac's good eye. Yeah. <laughs> so Dax Harwood is able to roll him up, get the pinfall one, two, three. After the match, FTR tore off Penta's masks, and then Malachi Black attacking Pac, gouging his eye to where Malachi held his hand up with Pac's blood on it. So, yeah, uh, real gruesome. Yeah, uh, I just so, wonder if this means that this coming Wednesday, Pac's going to roll around with two eye patches on. I, if, if there is any supreme being in this world, yeah. that is what we will see. But uh, this coming week on Dynamite, we're going to have the Dynamite Dozen Battle Royal for the Dynamite Diamond Ring. We are going to have Jamie Hayter versus Riho, which should be really, really good. We're going to have John Silver versus Brian Danielson, which should fucking rule. And yep. then the kind of weird combination of Chuck Taylor and Rocky Romero against the Young Bucks. Well, weren't they like uh, 
together in uh in New Japan? It is, but I'm just thinking for AEW logic. It's a, it's yeah, a strange. Well, pairing. no, it is because our, our our now now it seems that Chaos and Best Friends are interchangeable. Yes, which is not really the i i'm totally uh saying the same thing as something i saw on twitter the only way this works out fine by me is if the young bucks are having this match and out comes okada wearing nick jackson's gear just like you would steal (laughs) from them in japan it's a super inside baseball reference but i'd love to see it so that would mean that okada would would sign side with the bucks no no he's just he just stole their stuff that's just 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 that little just to uh cause chaos Ah, ah, yeah, ah. The Roughhouse Podcast is a weekly podcast fueled by coffee, pizza rolls, and the stench of dirty litter boxes. Follow Christoph and Marty on Twitter at RoughhouseSGW, at Facebook.com slash The Roughhouse Podcast, and at Patreon.com slash The Roughhouse Podcast for early access to episodes, exclusive podcasts, Roughhouse Redos, and Roughhouse Divided movie trivia games. New episodes drop every single Monday on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, TuneIn, and wherever you find your favorite podcasts. Subscribe, motherfuckers! This is the, the Rough House, Rough House uh, podcast with Justin and Christoph. That's it. Fuck Christoph. He's terrible with his information. Okay. Hey, this is The Rock. Shut your mouth, jabronis, and listen up, because this is the Rough House podcast with Marty and my least favorite man on the planet, Christoph. And now Fandango for the Can You Dance In It Foundation. Your sweatpants, you wear them, but can you dance in them? Condoms. Can you dance in them? Small chubby orphans. Ask yourself, can you dance in them? Randy Orton's butt, you can dance in them. But what about my Crocs? They're really comfortable. Can you dance in them? These are my skinny jeans. I feel real nice in them when I've lost a couple of pounds. Can you dance in them? It's my grandfather's coffin. I just got it for me. Died of ALS. Can you dance in it? What are you asking me here, Mandango? Can you dance in it? These are tap shoes. Can you dance in them? Tap shoes, you absolutely can dance in them. But can you dance in them? These are made for dancing. I promise you, these are dancing shoes. Can you dance in them? I'm just gonna say a country and see what you say in response. Uzbekistan. Can you dance in them? Apartheid. Can you dance in them? You having a stroke? Yes! I can't stop dancing. My legs hurt so much. It feels like there's lava in my veins. Your restless leg syndrome can go fuck itself. I've been doing the cha-cha for seven months, and I feel like my knees are going to explode. Have you tried a buterol for restless leg? Can you dance on it? All right, I'm gonna leave now. Can you dance with me? Kill me, please kill me. (laughs) 